Hey, Jackie. <laughs> oh, oh, hi. How hi. are you? Hi. Good. I'm good. 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 Yeah. Um, hi. We have a we have a special episode today. It's it's like an extension from last week. Mm-hmm. Because um, we just could not get enough of Edgar, so we, we wanted to talk a little bit more um, about <laughs> stuff. Yeah, racism. Well, it's a, it's a complicated issue, and it's yeah. hard to like squeeze in to like an hour. Yeah, well, I actually think it was like an hour. Which and a half. like the easy solution is to just add another hour. I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just we've keep. all just, uh, uh, agreed that it takes two hours to solve racism. <laughs> yeah, and that's <laughs> it. And after this, this <laughs> I think we. Will have ended it, yeah. at least within America. Absolutely. Of course. Um, yeah, just like keep circling, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I have uh, something to tell everyone. Um, Edgar, I think you know this maybe a little bit. Um, okay. But do you remember... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember from um, last time mm-hmm. how uh, Jackie said that she her first crush was a black guy? Yeah, I'm all okay. black. Yeah, I'm I brought black. that up really Tampa organically. Bay, <laughs> Very organically. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. forced. No, no, uh, no, no, no. And not trying to be cool at all. No. Um, but we tagged him in our the, when we were uh, promoting the last Yeah, movie. you guys used him a lot in promo we for the episode. We for sure yeah. did. And um, <laughs> then not to outshine you. Jackie, I, what, what, what happened with Ahmad? Oh, um, he contacted me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He Facebook messaged me and said, hi. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then he, um, big deal. And then mm-hmm. he said, um, did you really have a crush on me? And I said, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. I remember. And then we like talked about memories like mm. in a nostalgic way. Yeah. He remembered my mom. This was I'm- also all while I was hanging out with her. So she was just completely ignoring me. Okay. Well, <laughs> sorry, but that's okay. That's good. Yeah. Um, and he remembered my mom and how, oh. cause we were probably like, I was trying to think back about like what age we were probably like six, seven, eight ish, mm. eight maybe. Mm-hmm. Cause like it was enough to be attracted to someone, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. And I don't think I understood all the things that were mm-hmm. going on. Um, and he remembered my mom because she volunteered. Wow. <laughs> like it went on field okay. trips. We were like buddies. Mm-hmm. And then he asked about the whole opposite day thing, and I was like, "Yeah, that happened." And I think he remembered it. But then um, he said that it was reciprocated, and I told him, "You don't have to be nice and just say that." And he said, "It was," and he said, "I wish you would have hit me up in high school." Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Wow. And then it, we kind of went in that weird, like we might have been flirting and then I, you know, uh, he sent me a picture of himself. But his face. Oh, <laughs> oh then you were 100% flirting. It's, uh, yeah, not, yeah, it's yeah, not ambiguous yeah, yeah. at all. But he, he also I, video chatted He video, ch- so then he video yeah, chatted me. Flirting. <laughs> he was flirting. He, dr- he was drinking and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we were just catching up. Yeah. Great. And, and then he listened I think he's listening. Yeah, he listened to the podcast. I don't know if he listened to this one or just in general. Well, mm-hmm. he knew that you had a crush on him, so... Oh, because in the little the little promo in the little promo thing, thing you guys talked about. It, yeah, right? yeah, and so. um, and then and then I I had to check myself. Like, are you going into flirting territory? Yeah, you got to calm down. Yeah, you know, because I'm engaged. Mm-hmm. But I think Nick would understand. I think so too. But well, it was. Yeah. I mean, he'd be like, "Cool, you flirted with an NFL player." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I understand. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, so, so that's yeah, I just sorry that, that everyone needed to know that you know that. You were living all these years thinking, you know, he hated you, and the, wow, he, I, wow, I, he said he said the opposite day thing. And yeah, that crushed me. Your feelings, but he mm-hmm. said, "I don't remember that." So, yeah, good job. I mean, 
And uh, honestly, it was a really sweet moment because it was one of those things where you're like, this is my childhood friend. Yeah. Like we were buddies and like 20, however many years later, like we're talking on Facebook. That's the thing. Social media is really annoying, but for shit like yeah. that, like he would have never seen that if no. it weren't for Facebook. Right. Yeah. So, so anyway, Facebook Ahmad, one. if you're listening, hi. <laughs> Great. I'm like shaking. And um (laughs) and maybe we could have you on the podcast. Yeah, I think we should. Because we didn't I didn't realize John, our producer, is a big football Football fan. fan. Mm -hmm. So he's like You didn't like I mean, I don't know. I was like, yeah, I I buy that. (laughs) (laughs) Just based on looks alone. You know, I guess most people just are. I think I'm in in the minority. Like I just don't like sports. First year I'm not watching it. Okay. 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 Um anyway. another podcast oh, i mean it is actually for this podcast <laughs> uh, yeah right right it's because of colin kaepernick oh getting a, a job oh i don't know what's so, going on okay it's okay it was a racist <laughs> it was a racist thing i'm guessing fuck that yeah <laughs> sure yeah blanketly let's just fuck that yeah yeah so now we hate football <laughs> that's an excuse now for me to not watch it yeah too. you're like colin kaepernick mm-hmm colin yeah. kaepernick i don't support racism no or football yeah mm-hmm. you guys are upset at colin kaepernick right no, wait. We're, we're on his side. We're on his Don't side. Don't you trick us. For sure. Go Redskins. Also racist. Oh, boy. I know. It came of a Just We're kidding. Um, Go. We have Gators. Truman. Oh no, no. Go we Gators. have Truman Harris uh, back on the uh, on the line. Our, our, Hi, Truman. Um, yeah. hey. hey, how's it hey, going? Yay! I I wish we could have skyped you in so so you could see him. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> then I I work. was afraid if I said it, it would sound creepy. Well, <laughs> yeah. we already, now it's worse. I think. Yeah, well, now we're just deep. Um, you're still shaking. My... <laughs> this was a mod. It was a mod, and also there was this was full of coffee. Okay. Okay. So, you um, so I have the jitters, but I'm I'm excited to. <laughs> thanks for coming back, yeah. Truman and Edgar, for doing this podcast because I just felt like I still had questions mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk yeah. more. And I was like, should I invite other friends on? And then I just felt like we still had stuff to talk about, mm. like you and Edgar. Yeah, yeah. or <laughs> us and Edgar um, yeah. and Truman because. <laughs> I don't know. And we already like kind of established a flow and sure. a yeah. budding friendship. Oh, yeah, why not? Best friends now. Best friends. Um, I'll be the first black friend in your very small circle. That's you know not what? true. We this is a good friends. segue because I realized after listening to that, I realized I have more black friends. Yes. God damn it. And I were, I didn't, when you asked me, you put me on the spot. I was like, uh, but I because like who's in the room right now? Rosie's not black. I don't have any. I honestly, it's it is sad because it's like gotten down to like two people that I hang out with. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I I do have a lot of black friends. Yeah, sure. Or not just black, just like people of color. Yeah, in my that aren't white. Fear oh, so good. Um, but I also work at a multicultural. Agency. Oh, say again. Proving. You're proving me right I'm now. Not I guess you at your all. eyes. You're like you're so annoying. I'm not. I'm not hating you at all. Um, but no, I think I came off like I, I'm a white girl who doesn't know. I don't have any black friends, and I'm just trying to solve racism. And I didn't want to sound like that because that's actually not how I feel. Mm. Okay. And I feel like we have a lot uh, of work to do. Obviously. So that's what I was thinking about the title, like above racism. I was like, why did we title it that? Because I, like I don't that. think. But I don't think we're above racism no but like i think people just being like 
like in your own self being like, oh, well, I'm not racist. So, you know, yeah, well, that's why I think. I think it's impossible to feel that way. Exactly. Which is what we talked about last time. We were talking in the last podcast about how the honest racists in some ways, correct me if I'm wrong, are almost more refreshing than the closeted think, racists. Yeah, I said the word preferable. Like, I, <laughs> I don't I don't feel the kind of gaslighting I feel out here in liberal spaces when, like, you know, like, I, I think that out here I see racist things happen a lot. Mm-hmm. People are telling me that it's not that way because these people are well-intentioned and I'm probably misinterpreting it and stuff like that. Versus in the right. South... You know, when you say nigger, get out of my store, it's pretty clear to me that you're being racist. So I'm just like, at least I'm aware that this like both sides agree that this is what's happening. Whereas in liberal spaces, I'm constantly running into these racist situations and being told that it's not this way because I'm in a liberal space. That makes a lot of sense. I the way that I can relate to that is mm-hmm. through uh, is through sexism. And I'm sorry, to, but that's like the only way no, I can relate. I, that's the way I want you to relate to it. Yeah, mm. is like. Is like, you know, you have those guys that are like, oh, I, you know, I'm I'm a good guy. I'm super liberal. Mm -hmm. And like, I, you know, support women's rights and everything. But then they do sexist things. And you're like, well, that's, you know, pretty sexist. My reasoning for that is because I think that a lot of these things are internal. I believe that it's the images that we've been raised to see. It's the ideas that we've been told are true. It's these like, you know, I think last time Truman said, uh, I forgot the word that he used, but I want to say familiarity. But like, it's like. These assumptions that schemas. What's schemas? Up? Yeah. Like, schemas. Yeah. Like, you know, like we, we assume that these things are these way because we've been told them over and over again. And it's like an active way to work through them. And the way that I relate it to sexism is like I've been told multiple, multiple times that if a girl well, like images, movies have told me so many times that like a way to sleep with someone is by drinking a ton. Like, my favorite movie in high school was Superbad. And that's, mm. like, literally the plot of Superbad is that he shows up and the girl's really drunk. And they're just like, oh, it's okay to sleep with her as long as you're also really drunk. But that's not true at all. But images have told us over mm. and over and over mm-hmm. again that these things are true. And that's how we keep running into these consent issues where, like, you know, you ask a dude what's consent. I'm pretty sure he just says it's just not hearing no. <laughs> that's not anywhere close to true. <laughs> right. But these are the things that we've been told over and over again. I think yeah. the same applies with racism. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was thinking about how y- you were saying, like, okay, I don't, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't feel comfortable using the, the N-word. But, like, that word doesn't really come up in my head so like are you saying that you're not but you're not saying all white people are having to shove that word down like because here's the thing i was thinking about it i was like okay i I have had racist thoughts but they're not the same i don't think as like crazy radical alt-right thoughts like mine are more mine are more the ones that i have to bury are and i'm sorry i'm just being honest i have to say this will be something like if there's a bad driver and i think to myself boy, why is it that so many Asian people are bad drivers? Sure. That is a stereotype. That's not true. That's mm-hmm. racist. How but, is that any different than calling that person a gook? Oh, be- because that's... Really? But why? Like, because why words do you feel like matter. But thoughts don't... Wait, what? Why, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, in my mind, it's just like, why do you feel like that's any different than... Like, I'm not saying that you're just as bad as the person who openly says that, but why is, like, that origination of that thought... Like, are you inherently a good driver because you're white? And like, oh, I'm a terrible driver. Like, in why can't that person just be a bad driver? Separate of like, you know, again, I know. I know that you know this, right? But you've been told these things over and over and over again, and I think it's no different than Goog. Sorry, Truman, what were you saying? So, 
so she was saying that like words matter and then but she's yeah but she's still having those okay. thoughts oh okay well i i think that um i think that we're, we're all going to have you know some type of, of racist thought you know just based upon the fact that that's what our society is built upon and like if we're living in the society that's built upon racism essentially um you know it's kind of an unescapable fact um that we're going to look at things from through racist lens, but even with that said, um, there is something that I, I kind of need to clear up. So, like, um, in terms of, like, the difference between racism and prejudice, yeah. um, there, there is actually a difference there. So, like... Oh, uh, expand Edgar, on that. Yeah, well, yeah, so with what Edgar was saying, um, his racist thoughts, um, I would argue that they're not actually racist, and this is why. So, with racism, that requires power yes um that uh prejudice does not require power yeah. so like the power um if you have, yeah power so if you have if you have a white person and a black person um all things being equal except for one being black one being one being white and the black person uh, is well they, they have uh i guess prejudicial thoughts against the white person and they have a bunch of stereotypes and, um, you know, a bunch of misplaced hate for this person based upon their, their, their being white. Um, that's not racist. It's prejudice. If, um, if a black, if a white person, um, has a bunch of prejudicial beliefs, um, about a, uh, a black person and, um, you know, they hate them as a result of being black, that is a race, that, that is a, a function of racism. And the reason that I say this is because in order to be racist, you have to have power behind that, those prejudicial beliefs. Correct. So. The way that um, the, the way that I usually conceptualize it is, if the, the way that a black person can be can become racist is if the system itself is flipped in the favor of that black person, but that's not how things are. Um, so, like when Edgar was talking about his, his racist thoughts, they're not actually racist thoughts; they're they're prejudicial thoughts. Because so, like uh, bigoted because, thoughts. Because I lack I like I lack any power, power. to use those those yeah, thoughts. Yeah, he lacks power against. To act well, the other race. Yeah. I'll explain yeah, it to you this way. Uh, um, I can hate a, 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 a Hispanic person, and I can like feel bad towards a Hispanic person or a white person. I can hate that person as much as I can, but that person still has power over me, no matter what. I could sit there and I could be like, "Oh, this white person probably likes this. This white person probably likes this." But at the end of the day, that person's still more powerful than me in terms oh. of society. Okay, because I was gonna, okay. I wanted to talk about that too. Uh, on an episode of Insecure, a couple episodes there sure. is. Have you seen this one where yeah. it's the yeah, um, which we've seen all of it. Oh so. God, thank you. Watch one episode. No, I, love I, 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 love I on behalf of Issa Rae, would like to thank. You. Oh my God, I love her. I'm obsessed with her. Um, We're all but, good friends. But so okay, in that case, then it's it's not racist to um, to a, a, a black person and a Latino person. To, uh, hate each other, whatever. That's not racist. I think. I think. I think more so is like they're operating on prejudices that right. support a racist society, right? Like right. the only person who benefits right. off of black people and Latino people hating each other is the white establishment. So, so it's so the only people that can be racist are white people and every other race. It's not the only people right. that can be racist. It's more so like that racism when we're talking about it, especially in the terms that Truman is talking about it right now, is we're talking about systems and keeping systems in place. And the only people who benefit from oh, that I system see. are white people. But other people can be agents of that system at any time. Ben Carson's an agent of that system. Uh, right. My parents can be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree with with all of that. And like you know, the thing is, I, I think that the 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 issue is really um, like like we were saying, the the system, the mm-hmm. system itself. So if if the system is in your favor, regardless of who you are, regardless of the color of your skin, um, then you have the ability to be racist because you can actually mm-hmm. act upon your beliefs mm-hmm. um, and and your hate. So like you, you have like the KKK or Donald Trump or someone similar. Um, they can be racist because they have power, and they have the power to act um, act upon those, those hateful beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, making... if you have someone, what? Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm just. This is making more sense to me. Oh yeah, like like so. If that that's why um, that's why if, if you take the the Black Panther Party and um, the KKK, um, that's why even if and, and like I'm not even saying that the, the Black Panther Party is like racist but like or, or that, that they're prejudicial or whatever because you know there there were there were um in, in the 1970s there were white people as well as black people in the black panthers but um the the general belief is that they hate all white people so like let's let's just go on that on that assumption mm-hmm. so let's say we have these two groups um the kkk is racist um and not just prejudiced uh because they can actually act on these beliefs and they have acted on these beliefs um yeah, in terms of of yeah, uh, church burnings, all this type of stuff. And, you know, despite all of that, and I'm not saying that any other group couldn't do that, but despite, um, you know, doing all these things, they were not arrested, they were not held accountable, and are still not held accountable, and are still not even considered a terrorist group. No. So, like, when it comes down to it, it's about that protection of privilege that you have while engaging in these discriminatory um, actions. I, I have a question. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. okay, so... What do you think in people's brains, like white people in the wherever a million years ago were thinking, like, what happens to your brain that you can go, we are different because, and I'm choosing to say that I'm better or, you know, um, yeah, better because of we have a different color of skin. Like, what goes on in someone's brain to make you be like that? Access, in my mind. No, but like but in the beginning, like someone started that and was like. Yeah, because like they like arrived at, a culture that was different than them. They like saw themselves of being like, Oh, we got to this place. We're better than these people. And like, they just continue to perpetuate that thought for like ever. So it just so happened to be white people that did that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, What were you going to say? Well, honestly, well, I was just going to say like, honestly, um, you know, kind of to follow up on that. I feel like anyone that's the, I think that anyone that has, an enormous amount of power, um, there really does come a, a large responsibility with that. And there does actually come like some level of corruption with that. So like, um, imagine for a second that you can do anything that you want to anyone that's around you. Like there's a, a large range of actions that you can take. Right. Correct. And the thing is, um, in order to kind of keep that power, what you need to do, it, you can't just say, I'm going to do these things to these human beings that are exactly the same as me. What you have to do is you have to make up um, kind of excuses for, for why you're doing these things and how you're able to do these things. So, like, that's what white supremacy is. It's, it's taking other races, uh, which is a social construct, by the way, and it's not biological at all. Um, right. You're taking other races and you're saying, okay, they're not actually human. I'm human, but they're not actually. So, technically, what I'm doing to them is pretty much the same thing as is what I would do to any animal. So it's okay for me to do that. That that's the reason. That's the rationale. 
Um, and, and if you don't look at someone as, as a human being, uh, the amount of cruelty and the amount of, of just terror that you can, uh, that you can engage in, it's almost limitless. Right. Uh, it's the same reason uh, that, that we were able to, uh, it's the same reason that, that Americans, uh, you know, white Americans were able to uh, engage in, in the practices of slavery. Um, it's the same reason why uh, they were able to like beat their slaves, rape their slaves, um, all these types of things, because they didn't consider them human beings. Um, so, so you're saying and it's it the like, same reason why, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and it's the same reason why, why the Nazis were able to do what they did um, right. to the Jews during World War II. Yeah, it's but, uh, dehumanization. That's why I get angry uh, when uh, you say mm-hmm. who Edgar Edgar says mm-hmm. that, and I know you're saying preferable, and I know it's a mm-hmm. loose word. You're you don't you know like with with mm-hmm. in terms of radical racists and mm-hmm. whatever. I just get so angry at the thought that people think that that people truly think that way, and so <clears throat> for. For me, and I'm, and not to be, I'm white, so I can't imagine how sure. you guys feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it disgusts me. Like that, what you were just saying made me sick to my fucking stomach. And I know that there are people that think that way. And I think that's why I get, like, I get defensive when you, when you say things, because I'm like, at least certain people don't think that way. Like, at sure. least, like, if, if, if I'm, if you're voting for civil rights, if you're trying, you don't fucking think that way. And, and But you still contribute to that society being alive and well every single day. If you're white. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just by, I mean, if you're on, if you're an American person, but in general. You're benefiting from that. You're benefiting still. from it and at times upholding it, whether you're willing, like, it's like, I, I feel like people don't understand how actively hard you have to fight against this thing to, like, not happen. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, it's, uh, it's, it's so deep in our system like these things that like we don't even realize that we're doing most of them Mm -hmm. and like that's why i'm just like yeah you can like not think this way but like hillary clinton as great as like you everyone wants to paint her out to be wasn't exactly the best candidate for black people given her track record oh right yeah like you know what i mean like well yeah uh, because you brought that up in the last one but you said people that vote for her wouldn't admit that she was a flawed candidate yeah they wouldn't i mean i would I voted for her. Sure. I supported her campaign. Yeah. I also liked Bernie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. With Are you talking about the Clintons and mass incarceration specifically? Of course I'm talking about mass incarceration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, for me, I can't, I don't feel like I can fully blame her for that. And to me, if, yeah, of course not. If, if it was like her versus Trump, that's where we're getting into that thing where it's like to think that, I mean, Trump is any better. I mean, you have to go all in on you know Hillary. What Trump, did you hear when Trump pitched himself to black people? Did you hear what he said? Did you hear his speech when he pitched Which himself? One? To, it was in Michigan, I believe. Uh, and Truman, you can correct me if I'm wrong at any point. But I believe his pitch to black people was, what do you have to lose? Like, that was literally yeah. his pitch was, what do you have to lose? They don't treat you any better. Like, what do you honestly have to lose? And, and I think he knew exactly what he was doing in that situation. I think Steve Bannon more so knew exactly what he was doing in that situation, which is he's telling these black people, it's a lose-lose game for you either way. So why vote? Like, why not just sit out this whole thing? And a lot of black millennials did sit out this election because they... they did you? Uh, I did not. No, yeah. I voted for Hillary. Oh, okay. No, I think I did as well. But, but I, I think that that's part of the strategy. Um, because you know, just to follow up on, on what, what Edgar was saying is that uh, it, it is kind of the strategy of, of any oppressor, essentially, to uh, look at the oppressed and say there are too many things going on. 
there's no way that you can you can target you know one of these things and then you know bring down this entire system. It's too big. You're too small. Um, but that's not always true because the fact is if and I'm not and I'm not I'm not trying to say that that you know if there was a larger burnout or something like that then you know things would have changed. Um, but what I am saying is that perhaps in these situations we can't allow um, I guess someone who's a, who's a part of the system of oppression to say, you know, okay, don't come out, you know, because this is uh this is what's going to happen if you do regardless. But I do believe that there is some, uh, some truth to that, that the system of oppression is still there regardless of who's in office. Of course. And that's but- what we need to get things on, on, on a legislative level, I guess. Right. But, um, yeah. I guess I just feel like, how can we, it's, it's frustrating for me to even compare the two. Cause I'm like, I'd still fucking take, the liberal i'd still take hillary over someone who knows what they're doing and is passionate about oppressing different races versus someone who doesn't even know that they're oppressing you every single day but smiles in your face and treats you like you're their best friend while they're oppressing you the whole time i i think that that undermines her a lot though she's a very very smart person i i wouldn't be surprised that she does sure. think that yeah she's a very smart person but she still went on hot 97 and talked about having hot sauce in her bag and like trying super hard around Jay-Z and Beyonce. Oh, it's rather embarrassing. Rather than actually having a conversation about black rights with a young black woman in her face, being like, why won't you talk about this? Why won't you talk about this? Well, if and any- then she dismissed that person right in their face. If anyone came at me and started yelling at me, I probably would be a little dismissive. Sure. But, and and her, that, is, that did hurt her. She com- came off completely inauthentic. She was robotic. She is not charismatic. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that she is one of those white liberals who think there are well intended but i don't think she's really at the at a authentic level of understanding i I don't think that like i agree with you on that but my point is i would still fucking take that to be honest like and that's me i'm white it's you i'm white it's because you're white but 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 what but you you would well what about trump and like the the hate the people are voting against your rights people are passionate against your rights you look at hillary's uh, voting record compared to Mitt Romney's voting record when he, or no, Mitt Romney wasn't senator versus John McCain's voting record when he was senator. I'm willing to bet that you won't see that staggering of a difference. But people evolve. I mean, they do. Mm-hmm. Like she's in her 60s now. When she was, I mean, you know. But Bernie was too. Bernie's Bernie was old like, as fuck. Yeah, and, and he, I mean, his record was pretty consistent. Throughout. Yeah, but I do think like she wasn't for gay rights for a while. I, yeah, I, she wasn't. I do think it's not all a political shark move, though. I, I, I would say in some ways it's like, okay, things are evolving and I'm changing and I'm... I'm not saying it's a political shark move. I'm saying that she never had to think about, you know, a black item on a docket mm-hmm. because it wasn't a problem for herself. Anytime she did have to think about it, it was probably more close to being a political move than that. And that's just like, it's just a thing of being white. Is like, you don't have to think about these things. You've never had to think about these things. When you walk into a room, very rarely are you aware of the fact that you're white. Mm-hmm. Very rarely. Except that time. Which is a very rare occasion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're talking about yeah. Rosie's still, club experience. still, even that yeah. time you were in the club, you were the most powerful person in that room. Right. If you started screaming anything, everyone in that room would immediately cater to you. Like You, you know what's funny that you say that? I just don't... Uh, that's so interesting to me because I, I believe you. It's just I, I didn't think that I didn't, I never feel powerful. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to think about it. Yeah, because I don't have to. I do it in a, in a gender way. But. What are you saying, Truman? 
Yeah, well, no, I, I think that that's what privilege is. But the thing is, like, I, I agree with everything that Edgar was saying. But the thing is, um, also, you know, to follow up on the Hillary Clinton thing, like, I, I do believe pragmatically, you know, that there is kind of a difference between the policies that um, Trump has implemented and the policies that Hillary Clinton would have implemented. Because, like, you know, with Trump, we have the, uh, the yeah. revocation of DACA. Um, we have um, uh, almost, you know, a healthcare bill that would have, you know, destroyed essentially, you know, the the foundation, you know, of, of exactly. That's well, what I'm talking yeah, about. Of, of when you talk about political, like, you know, sorry, but, go ahead. Well, no, all I'm, all I'm saying here is that um, yes, uh, Hillary Clinton was a pretty bad candidate, you know, with all things considered. Um, but um, I, I do feel that that her policies were at least better than Trump. But um, that's not to say that, that I'm kind of forgiving these things that she's done in the past or the, the fact that, you know, she is a contributor to a system of oppression, you know, in America. Yeah. But Um, I I, I, I hear you. I'm not, I don't think she's bad. I don't think she's a bad candidate. I, I I mean, cause I personally like, I use the word flawed specific flawed, flawed. Um, but, um, which who which candidate is it? I think like right. it, it just it rang true when you were talking about black people and Latinas and how they how them having a problem with one another strengthens whites. That's how I feel in terms of the Democratic Party. Like you have a problem with Hillary, and so it weakens in a way because I see what you're saying, but in yeah. a way it still weakens that side and those 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 rights those policies it still weakens it in a but way but then what's the democratic party's answer to this issue every single time what has it been it's been you guys stay quiet and we'll get to your ideas when we get to them like that's been exactly. the answer to the black community yeah. to the lgbtq yeah. community to but, uh to brown people like that has about, literally been their answer exactly. every single time how? how is it their how is it their answer if they're if they're trying to mandate healthcare if they're trying to um, keep up Planned Parenthood if they're trying to for for progress whom? with LGBT marriage rights. Like, uh, but see that, that, but for whom? You know that they're they're skipping over uh, a bunch of things. You know there are people dying in the streets right now as we speak. Um, the police force is is literally killing people. You know for for not doing anything. I mean, like you know they're complying and still getting shot. So like, and and these these people that are getting shot are disproportionately people of color. And the thing is, this has been brought to the attention time and time and time again, you know, mm-hmm. to the attention of the, uh, the the DNC, the Democratic Party, and nothing has been done because they're not white. And that's why Black Lives Matter exists, you know, because there it has to be said because no one is, is recognizing it. Black lives are seen as disposable. People of color are seen as disposable. And the Democratic Party is doing nothing to uh, to combat that. I mean, you know, Obama was in office. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we had a majority at one point, mm-hmm. but still nothing was done. But, and so, like, you know, I, I get it. I get it that, um, you know, they're they're um, uh, advocating for LGBTQ plus rights and stuff like that. But then you have uh, black trans women yeah, um, that are being, being you know, slaughtered yeah, every single day. And no one is doing anything about that. And that's yeah. within the gay community. So you so, constantly I, feel like you're ignored. You constantly feel like. That's my reality. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's my reality. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, my friend Michael Galvan, very mm-hmm. intelligent law student in Portland. Uh, I remember when uh, Doma got struck down. How many years ago was that? Like that was like when like gay marriage got passed. Like mm-hmm. one of the last things Obama did when he was in office. Uh, 
everyone was like super stoked. Everyone was partying. And I asked him, I was like, hey, are you super excited? And he said, no, because here's what's going to happen. It's going to make the uh, a lot more affluent, a lot more rich white gay people forget about the fight. And they're going to be okay with this because this part satisfies enough for them, which is we can get married now. And then mm-hmm. they move away. And then the gay people of color, trans people of color are being murdered. Like those people all get forgotten because this one part of the fight was sa- was uh, satisfied for them. But I just think that's a defeatist uh, it's not defeatist. It's true. It, but but you're 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 doing a blanket statement like that. All the gay people are just like, cool. We can get married now. Bye. Whereas like it's it's, it's a similar thing to me with the women's march. That's like exactly what happened at the women's. But march. a lot of but that wasn't a that's lot of exactly women, what happened at the women's. A lot march, of women though. of color yeah. are saying that it's we're not supporting women of color. But I well, we absolutely to think that I would only be going for white women is insane. Okay, so let's say Planned Parenthood gets passed and, like, you know, we protect Planned Parenthood. What does the fight become then? Well, that's still a fight, so it's hard for me to, I mean, that's... I understand, but that, that's what they're talking about, u- is that their issues aren't even on the docket. They are. Planned Parenthood supports a lot, I mean, if, but, you're, if you're looking at socioeconomics, too, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's supporting a lot of women of color. I know. So is gay marriage. Gay marriage would be something that's good for both gay people who are white and gay people of color. But they're saying there's a lot more. Of there's course, a there's a lot more. more. Fight. Like, but that's that. I just think we're being a little ignorant to the political system here. Like you're tr- you're trying to you can't influence. You can't affect, have change overnight. And like I've listened to interviews with Obama. Mm-hmm. I love him. Mm-hmm. And like he has been repeatedly said that he's frustrated that it feels like people are coming at him like why isn't this changed why hasn't this changed we don't understand we're not in there Mm -hmm. it takes years to pass things uh james baldwin uh has this quote and so probably one of my favorite quotes uh where robert f kennedy uh comes out and says you know a lot of blacks feel like they need a black president and stuff like that like that needs to happen now but i think that that's something that could happen in 20 30 years maybe 60 years from now that could happen and then uh he said that when that quote happened a lot of black people in the room started laughing because here's robert kennedy who's only been on this earth for maybe 30 years telling this black this black issue this black problem that's been around for 400 years that they should sit down and wait and that's kind of what your response feels like to me okay is i'm being told to wait for an issue that's existed for 400 years yeah yeah I, 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 I hear you. I mean, I, I can see how you would feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and as that's why as a white person, I can't, I, I can't argue with you on that. I'm not asking you to. Yeah. No, I know. But I, I would like to like get to the bottom or like challenge you more, but like, you're right. You're yeah. right. Like. It's it's like it's I'm being sickening. told to wait for an issue that my my father dealt with, that yeah. my grandfather dealt with, that my great grandfather dealt with, mm-hmm. that my great great grandfather dealt with. Well, I don't mean I don't mean great, I'm not, great, I'm great personally not saying I'm not personally not saying wait. I'm just trying to. I get frustrated as well, and mm-hmm. on a different level. Mm-hmm. I am I can't imagine being black in America. Honestly, like mm-hmm. I I can't sit here and try to fucking pretend like I understand. Um, but but I'm just saying. I think that we're behind on a lot of issues, sure. this being a main one. Mm-hmm. But I just think if we somehow, and it's I know it's idealistic, but like if we don't band together and try to like impose this change somehow, even if it's blind liberals, like I, I, I don't know what the solution is. Yeah. 
because but then you're we, separating us like you know like you're separating the people who in a way are all kind of trying to do the same thing i don't think we are thank you no okay. see here's the thing though if you can't you can't like you can't say we need to all come together when the benefit is not on all sides because okay. you know it's the case like if you're saying okay let's let's all come together you know to implement this specific change and like that change is not positively affecting everyone that's working towards it, then it's not real change. Right. What it is is just getting more white supremacy. So like when okay. it comes down to it, that's why we need intersectionality in feminism. That's why we need um, you know intersectionality when moving against the alt right and whatnot. Because notice how in Charlottesville, the only time that that was made to be a big deal was when, when a white woman. Died. See, there have been black mm-hmm. women dying all over the country, mm-hmm. like for years, mm-hmm. and no one is saying they're all hashtags. That's why the hashtag say her name is a thing because no one does. But yet, Heather Hare died, and then it's a national issue. And I'm not trying to, to downplay, you know, the, the loss of a life, but what I am trying to say is that race is something that plays a factor in this. Uh, Sel- oh, Selma didn't become an issue until those three white teenagers died, or no, the uh, the the white clergymen. Like literally, black people were getting killed during those peaceful demonstrations the entire time. Right. But it wasn't until that white clergy member died that it became like a thing. Like you know what I mean? Right. Like, and but let's that say that says something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But uh, that put into perspective of like, oh, sure, you like black people had the right to vote, but they weren't fucking allowed to. No, they were never for years that entire time. Yeah. Um, but let's say like, cause I, this is like really interesting to me and Truman, you saying like, like the intersect, intersectionality. So that makes sense. I hear, I understand that. Um, I think I'm just like, okay, well, but if we stay, if we each stay in our lanes, then how do we help one another out? Uh, I'm not asking you to stay in your lane. Uh, I'm asking you to think that my issue is just as valuable, valuable as yours. And it's but more I than do. just saying it. It's okay. also making that like an active point of but view. But then if I like, go and I and I support, uh, you know, a protester route, I mean, is that what you're talking about? Sure. I mean, that's one way to do it. But I think another way to do it is like invest in black things mm-hmm. or like, you know, like and literally just time. Like, you know, like when something terrible happens, the next police shooting, reach out to a black friend of yours and just check in and see how they're doing. You or, wouldn't find that to be condescending? No, I wouldn't. I would literally be like, oh, shit, because here's what usually happens is those things happen and I feel terrible about them, but I'm expected to keep up with work. I'm expected to keep up and perform at my show. I'm expected to like, you know, I can't just take a break. Meanwhile, my white friends around me, their dog feels sick and everyone's immediately like, you deserve a day off for this. And I see that every day. Mm -hmm. And that to me is like exhausting. So mm-hmm. like, you know, someone's dog is having a bad day and everyone feels like that's justifiable to like rest on this person and provide this person empathy. But I'm expected to buck up mm-hmm. while I'm watching someone who looks like me die for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of why there's, there's like, well, we call it racial trauma, um, you know, in, in my program and, you know, just among colleagues, um, this feeling of unsafety that people of color have in America um, because we're constantly being exposed to images of, of people, you know, like, like Edgar said, uh, being killed uh, for absolutely no reason. 
and no one does anything about it. To the opposite, sometimes the policemen, uh, the police people that are that are shooting these these individuals, are often rewarded mm-hmm. with GoFundMe pay. Like Darren Wilson, um, he doesn't have to work anymore. He's uh, he's been receiving so much funding uh, for shooting a black male uh, that that he can he can quit. So like it's things like that where there are there there's no consequence for taking mm-hmm. a black life, and then you know. America expects us to just be fine with that and to just not be traumatized by that and not mm-hmm. feel um, in a constant state of danger as a result of that. But that's just not feasible. Right. So whenever we do, like, you know, selfies and, you know, uh, uh, shared cat and dog pictures and stuff like that, um, after the Philandro Castile shooting, that that's triggering. That's triggering because it, it proves the fact that, that Black Lives Matter does still need to be said mm-hmm. because no one is good yet. No one is understanding it. And so whenever it comes down to white people um, benefiting from this, this system of oppression and benefiting from their privilege, like, and, and, and that making them racist, the way that you can go backwards from that, the way that you can move away from that racist identity is to get involved and to use your privilege, weaponize your privilege against this system of oppression. Mm-hmm. That's how you okay. That's how you become racist. That's how you stop benefiting from that racist system. Right, right. Well, and it, it something that was interesting to me on, uh, sorry to bring up Insecure again, but um, like there was a, a episode about uh, at, in the workplace and how the lawyer, her fr- have you watched it, Truman? Uh, I've actually never seen. It. Okay, um, well, there it's basically about the the workplace, and she's a lawyer. Her Issa's friend is a lawyer, and she sees that a white male counterpart is making more money than she is. Mm-hmm. That like resonated with me as a woman because right. I was like, this happens. Yeah. It's unbelievable in the workplace. I was telling John earlier, like, I'll be we'll have a meeting, and it's like as much as I try to think this is not about gender. Yeah, this is about this guy has a bigger title than me or this is about whatever no, I, my, it is about gender. My voice is constantly shit on. It's ignored in the room and you have to work twice as hard. But mm. this brought up another level of like, holy shit, she might be dealing with race and as, gender. And gender. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm sorry, I know that sounds kind of naive to, that doesn't you sound know, naive. To, I never thought of it until I saw that episode as well. Right. Right. And so it's like, because I was like, yeah, well, that happens with gender, but it probably happens with race all the time. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't affect me. So I don't think about but it. But I as think much. the way that you did it is the way that you need to keep doing it is like put yourself in a situation. And like, I think Truman talked about that exercise like last time. But like, instead of using the word black, try using the word woman and seeing like, would I feel this way in this situation and stuff like that? I think that's like an active way to like see these kinds of things where like, if this happened to me and I felt like it happened to me because of my gender, how would I probably feel about that? And right. Stuff like, that. like that's like an active way to kind of like. But how could we possibly reach people that are just far off right? Like I, that don't even care. I think right now they don't see a reason to care because like you said, us right here on the left can't even get it together. So I think <laughs> it's starting at home before trying to fight it afar. So I feel that, that reaching out to um, the perpetrator is is kind of, I don't know, off base when we should be reaching out to the survivors and the victims. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, um, I guess the, the knee-jerk reaction, I suppose, um, of most liberals is to say, okay, let's reach across the aisle. Well, the thing is the aisle, the other side of the aisle isn't reaching back. 
the, the alt-right, the right, whatever you want to call it, you know, they, they're already kind of set in their ways. And anything that you can say uh, is going to be taken as, as, a, as an offense. And, and when, I, when I say that, I, I'm referring to something called the backfire effect. The and backfire is, effect? Yes, the okay. backfire effect. And um, what that is, is whenever a belief is challenged, um, you know, with valid and, and powerful information, uh, the response of the individual that holds these beliefs tightly is to uh, is to well make up more information to uh, to support their belief system. They don't integrate that information into their repertoire of knowledge, you know, in, in order to actually change their belief. And to the opposite, um, they they mutate kind of uh, the facts that you give them uh, to fit their own narrative. So what you see, um, you know, as an example of this is. Donald Trump and fake news. Like, here you have 98% of scientists saying global warming exists. Here you have hurricanes all across the nation. Here you have obvious changes in temperature all over the, all over, all over the planet, you know, that, that are causing hurricanes everywhere. And, you know, places on fire and things like that, you know, in September. And despite all of this, still saying global warming does not exist. Global climate change does not exist. Um, that is an example of the backfire effect. Regardless of how much information that you give these individuals, they're going to make something up. They're going to deny it. They're going to say that the source is incorrect or something similar. Um, with the alt-right and with the right, if you give them this information, that is what they will process it with, with the backfire effect. So, when it comes down to it, it's not so much about reaching across the aisle and bringing them over here. Perhaps it's about changing policy and causing them to act in the way that they should act. Not like, not this, this idea of, of fostering empathy within them. You can't give someone empathy. That's not how it works. Mm, if they don't right. feel a certain way. Yeah, if they don't feel a certain way towards a, a certain group of people, they, they likely won't. Um, and if you don't expose them to that group of people, then that's, it's, it's not going to happen. However, um, there, there is kind of a, a silver lining to this. So there, there's something called the mere exposure effect, where um, just being around someone that's different than you, um, that causes you to have a favorable view of that person yeah. and of that, that person's characteristics. So let's say that you're well, well, well let, let's, say that, let's say that you're racist, that you're racist against black people or something like that. Um, if you're put in a group of black people and, you know, you're, you're made to, like, work with these individuals, um, share with these individuals, all this type of stuff, and you see your, yourself as kind of um, not a member of the out group, but, you know, working towards a common goal with this group of individuals that happen to be different than you, you suddenly have a more favorable view of black people. So, like, the problem with that is, uh, in regards to like DACA and, you know, um, uh, anti-immigration policies and all that type of stuff is that you're removing individuals with these differences. So the people that, that have hate towards these groups don't have a chance to be exposed to them because the divide is so wide and because you're, you're processing them out of the country and planning to process them out of the country before we even get the chance to expose the right to these individuals. So it's a system within a system that's trying to oppress but also divide. And I don't know if that, mm. if that makes any sense. It does. That's what it, is. it does. I, in order to not have a third episode, <laughs> um, <laughs> can I just get your, uh, Truman, your opinions on stereotypes, if there's a way to condense that in terms of like 
stereotypes like mm-hmm. them being real and then also if they're harmful and an example i wrote down which is kind of lame is just like gay men like obviously not all of them are buff and look good but like that's a stereotype of like that they take care of their health they're usually cleaner blah 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 like of course you have gay men that are not like that but then as a whole you have a lot of gay men that are like that so like i don't know really what i'm asking here oh so 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 like how do you stop that stereotype from playing how how do you stop it or like what if it's a positive stereotype is it still harmful well you know it, it I, I feel like it, it depends on the context of that. And I know that that's something that we say a lot in psychology. But um, one thing that we can do, like, pragmatically to fix that is um, to hang around more of the people that, that, that you have these stereotypes towards. Um, because, you know, according to the mere exposure effect, you know, what, what can happen is uh, if you do have more exposure to these individuals, then you're, you're less likely to have um, kind of, well, you're less likely to have um, unfavorable views of them, right? So, like, the, the more exposure that you have, the less unfavorability that you, that you have towards this group. So, like, let's say that, that you that you have, I don't know, like a um, like you have hate towards Latinos or something like that. You need to hang around more Latinos. Like, if you have hate towards gay people, you need to hang around more gay people. Um, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so, like, it, it's pushing through that and, and you know reaching across that aisle and I think um, it, yeah yeah i think it also comes back to like you know like i write and <clears throat> like something that we talk about a lot in writing is just like how fleshed out is your character and like if i'm writing like a gay character and all i have written about him is that he's buff and he's clean like that person doesn't read real to me like that person doesn't read human to me where it's like exposing myself to that or more so mm-hmm. like you know finding like more details about that like you know making it more of a person yeah makes the character just expand right like that's why like yeah. adam paley's gay character on um happy endings yeah, happy endings yeah his character was celebrated so much because he was like a nasty slob bro but he was also gay because yeah. like that's yeah. like humanizing to, that's literally the word that people use is humanizing to them yeah and i think that's what it is it's just like Probably if you're, and I think like in history, we talk about primary versus secondary versus tertiary sources, right? Where it's like primary is just like, I heard, I saw this happen. Secondary is like, I heard someone tell me about this. And then tertiary is like, so fucking far removed. But like, I think most uh, stereotypes are tertiary sources, which is like, I've heard this from someone else Mm -hmm. who says that these people are like this, where it's just like the best driver that I know is a Korean woman. Right. literally the best driver i've ever met she could race cars she's so good at driving mm-hmm. but like that's like a primary source of a person which led to me losing that stereotype of asian people are bad drivers right right because yeah. i've met this woman who is both a woman which is another stereotype mm-hmm. and korean and she's an amazing driver right um c- really quickly is there a way to touch on the um like eric andre's article because that brought up something that I was thinking about. What's like the article? I don't know this one. Um, Eric Andre talked about the hip-hop community and how we have to stop uh, perpetuating sexism within that community. Like, we can't sit there and say that we love this music when it's degrading to women. Mm-hmm. Not all of it, obviously. But do you guys have thoughts on that? I was just curious. Yeah, I think it's in... Oh, please go first, Truman. Oh, I, I completely agree with him. 
You know, see, the thing is, um, generally with marginalized groups, the common misconception is that, you know, we don't like prey upon each other, essentially, that, that we don't have these same, you know, uh, bigoted and, and sexist views, you know, towards one another. Um, but that's just not the case. Like, uh, with, with the hip hop community, with the black community, um, uh, you know, this is something that's not talked about, but between black women and black men, um, you know, there, there's always been this, this kind of understanding, um, that black males tend to gaslight the feelings of black women. 100%. And, you know, I believe that you touched on this, uh, last time, how, you know, uh, black women are seen as strong, you know, aggressive, all this type of stuff. Well, you know, there's a reason for that. Like, um, and a matter of fact, like there's an article that comes to mind um, about layers of marginalization. Mm-hmm. So remember how last time I talked about, you know, all the layers of marginalization, all that type of stuff. The more you add, the more trouble you have. Well, um, with black women, they experience sexism and um, and racism as compounded fact, fact, factors. So like what that means is that, you know, whereas I as a black male am experiencing racism on a daily basis. You know, and that's that's enough to actually traumatize. Mm-hmm. Um, as if I were a black female, I would be experiencing racism and sexism, and that would be compounded. So mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of like in the same way that you experience sexism, um, and, and that's that's traumatic for you. Um, imagine that there's an entire other layer to that, and you're experiencing mm-hmm. that as well. And so within the black community, that's something that that we don't often realize mm-hmm. as black males. Um, that here we have someone that, that we're considering, you know, experiencing the same level of trauma that we are, when in fact, there's an entire other level to that. Mm-hmm. You know, we can be sexist uh, towards people within our own community. Yeah. Right. And, you know, yeah, it, it contributes to that, that marginalization. Yeah. So it's marginalized within a marginalized community. And the thing with men and women that always fascinates me is that it, a lot of it is biological. I mean, we're similar, but we're not in a lot of ways. Like, well, what you guys can't see right now is um, naked from the waist down. <laughs> I will. We've been that the whole time. We, yeah, we, we all have been. And it's been really passionate. Been so calm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just honestly, yeah. naked from the waist down. Um, and I hope Truman, Truman. I hope you are. Yeah. I hope you are too. Yeah. Truman, are you naked? Can't tell. We John can't certainly is. Truman, um, naked. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, let's, he's like, I'm not answering that. He's like, I'm not going to be objective. He's professional. Um, uh, we were just talking about being naked from the waist down. I mean, I think that's a really good place to end. Well, I just want to say one thing. Oh, yes, I please. think Idris Elba is a great actor. Sure, why not? Okay. Well, Truman, thank you so much for coming on again. Oh, yeah. And thank you for having me. You, I mean, you kind of blew my mind, our minds. Mm. And so did you, Edgar. Well, Thank you for coming on again. I really oh, yeah, appreciate you taking Anytime. the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right, cool. Oh, well, and p- plug things. Uh, you can oh. check out uh, Arcade Currency third Saturday of every month at the UCB Inner Sanctum. Uh, we do a show. It's pretty fun. It's an all-black improv team. Check us, check us out. Okay. And your your Instagram is at awfulgram? At awfulgram. Uh, if you want to see me post about sad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and your your um podcast is what? Oh, yeah. Uh, I host a podcast with uh, two other black men. We basically just dish on the Facebook drama, uh, like any topic that people are just like debating on heavily. It's called Against the Grain. Nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. Truman, do you, have, do you we, I know we talked about your book last time, or that you wrote articles in that book. What's it called again? Well, then also, uh, I'd like to plug like just social media and whatnot. Um, you can follow me at um, at uh, Nonfiction Man. 
get it, Truman. But <laughs> but yeah, Twitter. So like um, a lot of the things that I post about are um, direct actions and things like that. That you can actually get engaged in, you know, to actually find the system impression that we were talking about. So um, you know, okay. just follow me for that. Nonfiction, yeah. man, that's funny. Cool. <laughs> true, get it. True. It actually took me a minute. Yeah. False. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Thanks, guys. We solved racism, and you are an <laughs> asshole if you think you're above it. That's for sure. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Am I an Asshole? Yay. Yay. Um, we just want to say thank you so much to um, our guest, Edgar Montplaisir, um, and Truman Harris, our guest therapist. Amazing. Um, and John, our producer, and Patrick Jones for our um, amazing graphic design. Yeah. Um, and if you like what you hear, please, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a like. Give mm-hmm. us a rating. All of that really helps us out. And and find us on Instagram. We have an Instagram and a Twitter. Our Instagram is at Am I an Asshole Podcast. Um, and then if you feel like you're an asshole and you want to talk about it, uh, email us at Am I an A-hole Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Bye. Bye.